Time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are those markets doing? Uh, markets are fairly flat, a little mixed today. I mean, you really think about after all the volatility that we experienced in the first quarter of this year, uh, it ended up being okay. Uh, tech stocks really led the way. Again, they were hammered the most last year. Um, and we're up uh, over 20% for the quarter. The S&P 500 um, even overcame that banking shock and the kind of the mini banking crisis that we went through and to finish up 7.5% for the first quarter. And the TSX uh, was up about 4.6%. So you can see that as we talked our way, uh, Simi, through that first quarter, uh, I really tried to calm the nerves of investors because the news can be all bad, but a lot of the time there's uh, opportunity within that as well as, as we've talked about. Um, oil prices also are a little interesting this week as OPEC announced that they're going to cut over a million barrels uh, beginning next month. And this was really unexpected because that accounts for 3% of the world's oil production. And again, this could heighten inflationary pressures again. Of course, uh, for all of us at the pump as well, we might see oil prices or gas prices increase. Um, and that's something to watch because, of course, the Bank of Canada does not want to see inflation reverse and go the other way because it's really been trending lower over the past few months uh, uh, in, in a pretty significant way. And that's really important because they paused rate hikes earlier this year. Um, and the idea is they may even reduce uh, interest rates later on this year. As they cited, high interest rates is just really negative uh, for many industries, including and many sectors, including the real estate market. Okay. And what about, um, you know, that potential for an economic slowdown? Yeah, you know, they are talking about that. We saw um, um, Canadian manufacturing activity contracted in March. Uh, and this really shows economic uncertainties weighing on output and new orders, uh, despite easing supply pressures. And so we're seeing that um, the latest Canadian monetary policy report showed that the outlook for the Canadian business turned negative for the first time since 2020. Uh, the report showed that businesses expect slower sales growth due to really higher interest rates, which we've been talking about, higher inflation, but now concerns over a recession. And again, we've said, you know, we're not in a recession today, uh, but a lot of leading indicators are showing that, the, you know, a recession is in the future, whether that's going to be a soft landing, hard landing, that's still up in the air. Okay. And one of the things we're going to talk about this morning are real estate trusts. And I understand that like, they're pretty popular investment vehicles, aren't they? Yeah, REITs, as they're known as. Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, conservative investors are in REITs, uh, a lot of seniors, a lot of retirees. Uh, they usually play, pay a pretty good uh, dividend yield, um, you know, 5 6% plus, uh, maybe even more at this point. And, you know, they're similar to mutual funds in, in the way that they kind of pool the capital of numerous investors. They invest in certain areas of the real estate market. It could be commercial, retail, infrastructure residential um, you know however you want to make sure that you're investing in REITs in certain times of uh, the investment cycle and and you know I've talked about this before you know REITs are, are good until they're not and my number one rule of investing in anything is is liquidity if I invest in something I want to be able to get out of it for clients and you know there's some firms even here in the lower mainland that really believe in investing one-third of their clients portfolio in publicly traded REITs, so those REITs on the stock market, or even 
private real estate investments, um, which again, uh, really lack transparency, they lack liquidity, there's concentration risk too, right? I mean, if you're already an investor in Canadian real estate with your principal residence, you have say rental properties, you have a cabin, and then you also have one third of your portfolio uh, in REITs, you could be way overweighted in the real estate sector. And of course, as rates have gotten up and up and up, uh, that sector has more and more risk. And so there is has been some concern over the REIT sector as of late as well. So I guess my question then with that then, Lori, is, is it a good thing? Because it just seems like there's so many red flags with that. Yeah, there there have been a lot of red flags. And in 2008, 2009, there was a lot of red flags back then as well. And again, because, you know, I've managed money through many situations, uh, you know, this came up to me, you know, even last year going, you know, I don't think we should be owning any real estate investment trust, just given what's going on uh, in this environment in terms of interest rates. And what we've seen as of late, um, there's some very large um, real estate investments that have actually closed the doors on investors getting their money out. Uh, Blackstone just recently made headlines. Uh, they're restricting redemptions on their flagship real estate uh, fund, BREIT, uh, for the fifth month in a row. Um, another example, Starward uh, Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, they there was about five hundred million of dollars that, that investors want to withdraw uh, in December, and they just honored only twenty percent of those requests. But can on they quarterly. just can they do that though? Can they just yeah. say no? We're not going to let you take your money out. Yeah, they can, and and it's really in the fine print, and and they do that. The idea behind it is that they're protecting their current investors, their current people who are staying in. Plus, real estate is not that liquid, right? Like you can't just go sell a building tomorrow because everybody wants their money. And so that is the issue. So a lot of REITs do have that clause in there that a lot of people don't know. So that's, again, the problem when you have an investment firm or a financial advisor is telling you to have one third of your portfolio in a real estate investment trust, which could be fairly illiquid uh, so that if you want your money, you may not be able to get it out if the situation gets worse as well. So again, liquidity to me is number one. And uh, and a lot of ca Canadians, Vancouverites are really heavily uh, invested in real estate uh, already in terms of net worth. And so I think there will be a time to invest in REITs and it could be possibly later this year, um, you know, but I think you really have to uh, pick your times. And I think you need to be very careful just going forward, just given that there's three major real estate investment trusts that have just talked about and had news regarding, um, you know, them restricting redemptions at this time to right. a certain extent. Is it, I mean, we're kind of in uncharted waters here in terms of like how quickly the interest rates went up and what's going on with the real estate market. Does that also make things questionable for these kinds of investments, do you think? Yeah, definitely. When when rates go up, um, you know, it, it kind of shows which sectors are, are are weakest. And we've gone through this so many times before in terms of rates moving higher, maybe not as swiftly as, as they did last year. But you take a look at the period leading up to 2007, 2008. Uh, you take a look at the 1980s. I mean, there's a lot of times when rates have been high. Uh, and time and time again, it's the real estate market and, and other types of investments can that can get 
mostly affected by higher rates. Again, if the Bank of Canada and um, uh, and central banks around the world kind of get together and start reducing rates at some point later on this year, then you know the the conversation will be different. But I think at this point, when you start seeing major investments uh, and even major banks, um, you know you want to pick your spots right now, and you want to make sure you have a financial team that's actively managing your portfolio and not just closing their eyes and uh, investing one third of your portfolio and REITs, especially during a time like this. I wonder if people know though, like I guess you have to ask, right? You have to ask your financial advisor. Well, you shouldn't, you know, the strategy that your advisor has, you know, when you first kind of come on board with them, it, it should be talked about, it should be explained when you're going through a portfolio review. Uh, you know, we often talk about, you know, the strategy, what we've done over the past year, all that kind of stuff, you know, and I think that's important to have that open communication about strategy and, 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 you know, advisors should be changing things as the world is changing. I often say the world is changing, you got to change with it. And over the past year, there have been so many changes. So if your portfolio looks the same as it did 12, 15 months ago, that would tell me like when people come to us and we do an analysis and there's been no activity or very minimal in the past year, I'm going, you know, what are you really paying for at the end of the day? So true. Lori, thank you for that. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. You too. That's Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And you can contact her team directly. Their number is 604-695-LORI. Or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.